what it is though, right? I'm talking about this system. It's this esoteric system that combines all of these different ancient wisdom traditions like Eastern and Western astrology, the Kabbalah, um, chakra system, quantum physics, biomechanics. I'm missing some, but all these systems into this one modern system that basically gives you a blueprint of your soul when you came into this world, when you took your first sip of breath, plus your karmic kind of DNA and stuff, and gives you a roadmap into how to live out whatever it is that purpose. It's not voodoo. It doesn't tell you, like, you came in to be a doctor. And it kind of is more like potentials. And it shows you areas where you could have been conditioned away from that. Hi there, and welcome to the Let's Thrive podcast. My name is Emily Feichels, and I started this page to inspire, educate, and empower any who listen. Like most people, I'm a curious soul and love to chat with my guests on all things health, wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and so much more. I hope you'll stick around for a time or two. And with that said, let's thrive. Hi there, and welcome to the Let's Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and today, for this intro, we have a very special guest. Now, she is one of a kind, unique, so, so otherworldly that you wouldn't even know her, and that's because you don't know her. It's my cat, Luna, Luna Boone, as I like to call her. She's a fluffy little nugget that I saved from death, if we want to be real. She was dying last Christmas, she and her little sister, so we took her in as a Christmas surprise for my dad. He was very surprised. It was very funny. So yeah, she's joining me today in the recording studio, which is actually just my little closet, and we're serving up some real life for you today. (laughs) No, but, uh, okay, wait one second. She's getting a little close to the microphone. Get down. There you go, honey. Okay, so back to the actual episode. Wow, today we have a good one. So I like to say there's no better feeling than when you learn something about yourself. Now, sometimes this is a joyous occasion and sometimes you learn something about yourself and, oh, look, there go my other unintentional, uninvited guests, my dogs. I'm going to pause this and then start again when they quit. Well, lesson learned, do not try to record a podcast in your house with two loud dogs, I suppose. But moving on from what I was saying, let's see. Um, oh, yes. So learning about yourself. Sometimes it's fun and you're like, oh, that's so neat. I didn't know that about myself. And other times you learn something and it's kind of like a bitch slap to the face because it's not always something you wanted to hear. That's not really the case with today's episode, but I think it's something that needs to be acknowledged. So today's guest, Katie Calder, walks us through the intricate system of human design and gives us an in-depth look into what it means to live in your design and what this word design even means. As you'll hear us discuss, we go over the five types, generator, manifesting generator, manifester, projector, and reflector, as well as what each type means in a general sense. And then Katie breaks it down even more to show you the real in-depth side of human design that a lot of people don't get to experience. And this is something where they read your chart and there is so much more information. It's individualized to you, it's unique to you, because the issue with just going by your design is that those are a generalized type for everybody. But, you know, I'm a generator and Oprah is a generator, but 
you know, we're just not really the same person, <laughs> fundamentally. We have similar characteristics, I'd like to think, maybe, but fundamentally, we're each our own unique person, and that's because of our chart showing the unique sides of us. So Katie breaks into that a bit, which I found to be super helpful for understanding why I don't always, you know, relate completely to just the generalized generator description. We also discuss what it means to cut the cord and what this means in letting go of people, friendships, relationships that aren't just serving your life right now in the present moment. And, you know, I asked Katie how she deals with the emotions because for me, when I've had to let go of people or I've lost friendships or relationships of the sort, I feel a lot of grief, a lot of despair, and a lot of guilt. I always somehow put it on me as though it's my fault and in reality, I think, you know, sometimes it might be someone's fault. We'll just say the truth. But other times, I feel like it's a mutual moving apart. And in that case, you shouldn't be feeling guilt. So that is a huge part of this conversation that really hit home for me. I I needed that, which is obviously <laughs> why I brought it up with her. And I would just say, you know, there's a lot of soul searching that needs to happen in this world with all of us. No one is perfect, no one ever will be perfect, but we could, you know, probably all do a bit more to really look inside and, like I said, do some soul searching and figure out who we are fundamentally without the programming of society. Who would you be if you didn't grow up where you grew up? Who would you be if you didn't have those friends as a kid? Who would you be if you hadn't watched those TV shows or done those events or went to that school as a kid? Like, this is all just programming from society and not saying that's bad, I'm just saying it's interesting to really look at who am I beneath the surface? Who am I fundamentally? Who am I at a soul level? So, you know, all that fun and cheery stuff. No, <laughs> it doesn't have to be like scary. I mean, I know at first when I was getting involved in all this, I almost didn't want to because it seemed too big and incomprehensible, if I'm saying that word right. But after some time, I've just realized it's another tool in my toolbox of understanding me and my life and why I act the way I do and why I feel the way I do and all that, all that jazz. So, and on another note, oh, well, okay, well, first, let me say, if you want to connect more with Katie or find her human design Instagram completely dedicated to this craft, her, okay, so Katie's account is at namaske and then her human design page is at human design lady and those will both be tagged below oh my gosh i just realized my phone alarm's going off in the other room if you can hear that in this intro i am so sorry but there's no way i'm recording this this was too good of an intro so i'm my apologies but yeah so if you resonated with today's episode let us know we both love to connect with people I'm on Instagram at Thrive on Life, and this is why I'm closing out the statement, this uh, intro with this part of it. I'm really contemplating changing my name, guys, and I need someone, I need, I don't need advice, I guess I do need advice, but I mainly just need to talk it out. You know, I'm a firm believer that when I say words out loud, suddenly I have the answers. So, for a while now, like I'm talking months, I've been feeling called to change my Instagram handle just because I chose Thrive on Life because I didn't want to be known as Emily Feichels. 
But now, over the last few months, I've shifted my page so much. I mean, I do maybe two recipes a week. Otherwise, I'm just doing like real life stuff and sharing about the podcast. And I just feel like I don't connect with Thrive on Life anymore. And the moment I realized this was when someone, a podcast guest, kind of referred to me as Thrive on Life. And I realized like, wow, I feel so separate from that. And with Let's Thrive, I really connect because it's my podcast. It's my little baby. It's my, it's my work. But with Thrive on Life, I just feel like it was what I needed when I started. It was like an alias of sorts something to allow me to feel comfortable to share but you know like now I've just shared my soul with you guys and I've probably shared a bit too much at times (laughs) but I just I feel like that's okay because you know me and yet with my handle being thrive on life it's like do people really know me though do they know me as Emily Feichels like I don't want to just be another food person because that's not who I am I'm a lot more we all are a lot more but I'm just choosing to not identify with that, if that makes sense. So anyway, I need thoughts. New handle. Do I go with my name, at Emily Feichels, which I don't like my last name, so that's a bit of an issue, but I've seen some other people with some wicked last names, and they're still rocking it, so, you know, that gives me confidence, but still, do I go with that, or do I stay with Thrive on Life? I don't know. I appreciate your opinion and insight and thoughts. Really, I appreciate it a lot. So yeah, let me know. You can find me on Instagram currently at Thrive on Life. But if you're listening to this like way in the future and you can't find that account, maybe look for Emily Feichels. I'll have it tagged below just in case. Let's see if the universe manifests me something here. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. That was a long intro. Remember, if you really like the show and you really love me, you can go on Apple Podcasts leave a rate and review. And you know what? This shows the guests that they're appreciated too. So if you had a favorite guest, let me know. Is there something you like about the show in particular? And yeah, just leave rate and review. And sometimes I'll just pick a random review and send you free stuff. So that's always a good day. And yeah, that's about it. So without further ado, let's go. I don't know about you, but when it comes to the protein department, I struggle. As in, I want to be 100% plant-based, but I just can't do it. When I try to get my protein from beans, legumes, and eggs, my stomach is just a wreck. Cue my favorite, and only, protein powder, New Zest. Now before you skip ahead, hear me out. I know protein powder can get a bad rap, but this one is different. Let me explain. New Zest is 100% plant-based protein powder made from the highest quality European golden peas and provides the most protein source of all vegetable protein. Better yet, it contains all the essential amino acids our bodies need, making it easy to digest and no more bloating. That's it, I'm sold. No, but really. The reason I'm so in love with New Zest is because not only is it a safe, high-quality form of protein, more eco-friendly too, It's also the only blend to never give me bloat. Like never. Dream come true, am I right? And in case you're questioning this pea protein, rest assured, Nuzes is completely transparent about sourcing. They found that in Europe, northern France to be exact, the soil, air, and water quality is ideal for growing and the process they use to isolate the protein from the peas is completely free of chemicals. 
Worry no more, this vegan protein powder is safe from all those nasty add-ins that oftentimes are snuck into other brands. My favorites are the Little Sipper Cacao Probiotic Protein Blend that's extra good for gut health, and then after that, I'd have to say it's the vanilla, which is truly amazing. They both make my smoothie bowls taste like dessert by adding a lightly sweet, fresh vanilla or chocolate flavor. I also use the Just Natural flavor for baking because it adds such great fluffy texture to all my baked goods while adding a boost of protein. No matter the variety, you can't go wrong. To try New Zest for yourself, simply go to their site and use code THRIVEONLIFE to save 15% on your order. That's THRIVEONLIFE, T-H-R-I-V-E-O-N-L-I-F-E, to save 15% off your order. You can get free shipping and have this deliciousness in your hands in no time at all. And as always, find me on Instagram at thrive underscore on life. If you have any questions or need a recommendation, I'd be happy to connect. Enjoy and tag us if you try. I'm like a very last minute, which <laughs> partly because of my human design, but I just like, I cannot plan things more than mm-hmm. like a so this is perfect I'm so glad it worked no I love it I mean if I'm always up like if a guest is ready to go like right off the bat I'm like okay (laughs) because I never know like what's going to pop up later so it's like uh we could schedule for then but I don't know know, like what if you have to cancel and then you're like uh it's like yeah so this is perfect (laughs) well you mentioned it might have to do with your design so what is your human design I'm a manifesting generator Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's too emotional manifesting generator. So I basically need emotional clarity, one, but I need to like, my process is very all over the place. And if I commit too early, then I feel like I get, I get stuck and it, it's just, it doesn't work out. So understanding that process has been huge, huge in all areas of my life. So it always, timing is always perfect. You never miss an opportunity that's meant for you. Yeah, I like that. See, I need to, well, I'll have some more clarity after today's episode, but I'm a generator, but I just- I know, my friend Sarah was on the podcast. Okay. Sarah, I, yeah, she's one of my closest friends. I mean, we talk like all day, every day. Oh my God. Yay. I didn't even know that. Oh my gosh. How didn't I know that? Wow. Okay. <laughs> It is so funny. And I mean, I'll just, I'll have the podcast be started already. I like to get started like this, but for anyone listening, if you go back, I don't know, maybe like 10 episodes, Sarah, you'll see who we're talking about. Sarah from the HGB was on doing all things human design. That episode blew me away. So I'm just, and people reacted to it so well. I was kind of wary because, you know, like I'm sure you've seen this. Some people are either all in or they're just like, don't even talk to me about that. And I got a lot of messages, even from some family members who are on the opposite spectrum from this kind of stuff. And they were fascinated by it. Yeah. So I'm so excited just to do another one. And I just like getting different people's perspectives too. So this is perfect. <laughs> and I think it's all about like, you don't need to believe in it. You don't like, I don't care if you think it's total BS. That doesn't personally offend me. Like, it's just, it's something that has completely transformed my life. And I've seen it as a tool that so many can, but it's like, there's no right or wrong way to navigate this. And there's nothing that's like, 
going to give you truth on everything in life or whatever. Like people are always, you're always looking for that external source. that's going to like give you the answer and it's never going to happen if you look that way. But I think as a tool, human design has completely transformed my life unlike anything else. And so if you're open to hearing about it, if, if, if people want to, and, and what I found is people really do, um, that just like, that's great. Cause I'm, um, you know, it's very, I think that's fascinating too, what you just said about how people respond because, um, and I'm sure we'll go into some of this, but like so much of my trajectory, I think had been hiding or, or just not fully embracing that I was really into these more esoteric things. Um, and when I stepped out and was just like, yeah, I'm going to own it. I'm going to own it all. It's like people can flocking everyone, everyone wanted to hear more. So kind of just like owning it right a hundred percent yeah I mean fake it till you make it own it like do whatever you gotta do well I'm curious you know you mentioned you have a you had a trajectory of coming to a place where you were owning your human design nature and everything so what were you like as a child were you were you a little star child or were you more along the lines of the typical you know not really interested in this stuff and then what what were you like back then I think I was always very sensitive. I was very active. Um, and it's funny, I had a previous podcast, it was a Cafe Binge podcast, where I talked a little bit about this. I, I like thought I was going to Hogwarts when I was little. And I, um, I like believed in all things magic probably for the first at least six years of my life. And then when I turned seven, I was kind of like asking my mom, over and over and over again, very specific questions about Santa Claus and about how the presents get under the tree and how and all this. And she caved and she told me and it ruined my life. Literally, I was like, Santa Claus isn't real. The Easter Bunny isn't real. The Tooth Fairy isn't real. I was like, magic is dead. So then I kind of like shut it off. I mean, I had a very, I was a very normal kid and I guess, in whatever way normal is. Um, but I think I didn't necessarily like dabble into all things mystical and like the things I'm really excited about now until probably, I don't know, it's been about four-ish years. Um, but I was always really into astrology. I was always very like superstitious or like saw signs and um, believed in things, but didn't necessarily, I think I was a little jaded. So. But as a child, like super active, I always did tons of sports. Um, I uh, grew up in, I feel like there's a lot of academic social pressure in a lot of ways, but um, two younger brothers, I don't know. I love pretty, it. pretty over, overall normal childhood in a lot of ways. Now, you said you saw signs. Do you mind sharing like yeah. what? what those were for you and maybe what they mean to you now? Absolutely. Well, my first sign, which I feel like is a lot of people's first sign is eleven eleven. Like I would see it all day, every day, always. And it was always eleven eleven make a wish, right? Um, and that was kind of my first dabble into manifestation because eleven eleven, I would like try to manifest this thing and then it would happen or I would like um just kind of notice little things and and didn't really think that they were 
signs from above or like whatever synchronicities. But uh, the more when I kind of transitioned into understanding or realizing how real this really was, that's where everything shifted. But 1111 was as a sign, as a sign from when I was younger, that was the first sign. And then um, there were many more to follow. So when that transition happened and you really found yourself interested in this, maybe those signs started to transition into something more. You said that was like four or five years ago. Was there a moment that made you just like an aha? Wow, I can't believe this. I'm diving into this or was it more of like a gradual process like how did that all happen for you so i think that it's not unfortunate but i think that this people's like spiritual journey or like personal development journey self-development journey any type of healing journey right like etc 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 um it doesn't have to happen this way but often i feel like massive shifts happen when we like have rock bottoms or when we have traumatic things happen or when we have um, lows and when we're like, okay, I got to change my life. So probably around three years ago, there were just, uh, it was, I graduated college. I started working a nine to five. I had been working for about three months and I just felt so numb to life. I was like, going through the motions. I was going to work. I was coming home, going to the gym, having dinner, going to bed. And was like, I don't know. I had had everything I would have ever wanted. Right. Like I had, I had thriving social life. I, I really liked my coworkers and my job and I had a, a great job. Um, I'm actually still at the company, but I felt like, what, what am I doing? Like, I don't feel like myself and I probably hadn't felt like myself in a while. So I very spontaneously signed up for yoga teacher training. I had never stepped foot in the studio. I wasn't even regularly practicing yoga, but I was just like, I'm doing it. And that was such a catalyst for so much in my life because it was the first time I probably just like did something for no reason other than me. It was like just for me. It was my thing. I dove in. And from there, I like, I dove into lots of podcasts. I dove in lots of self-development I kind of followed, followed different signs and I had big realizations on like major things that I needed to shift in my life in order to feel fulfilled. And also that went outside of the shoulds. Like I I noticed and I was very reflective on where in my life I was following what I should be doing, but how that was never going to bring me fulfillment or that was never going to be fully aligned if I was living outside of myself. So that was kind of my, it was like, that and then there was a lot of transformations and different things throughout that and a lot of cords I cut and a lot of relationships that um kind of left because they needed to and um a lot of different things so it's it's been a very there have been it's been a crazy couple of years but it's all been perfect now I personally want to know and I'm sure many listening do but when you mention cutting those cords and letting people relationships go that just aren't serving this current life you're building for yourself. Like, how do you do it? How do you, you know, move through it without just feeling either like a total bitch or just getting swallowed in guilt and sadness? Cause it's, it's hard. I mean, I've had a few that thankfully just kind of worked their way out on their own 
But now I'm at a point where there's some people that it's like, I'm going to have to do the cutting. I'm going to have to remove myself. And it's, it's tricky. (laughs) friend, you are speaking the language of my life right now. And you don't even know how real it is because so the past, yes. And it is one of, I think, friendship breakups. It doesn't have to be even like a relationship breakup. Friendship breakups are one of the most challenging things when you realize, oh, wait, this person could have served you your whole life. But like, oh, wait, I'm not on the same trajectory as them anymore. And they, I have had so much guilt previously about certain friendship breakups and ones that I've had to cut the cord. And it's really interesting because probably between probably a year ago from a year ago to now, there have been a lot of relationships that um, I've for the first time made the conscious choice to be the one to do that. Some of them fell away for reasons that like I probably wouldn't consciously had them fall away. So it was perfect. But, um, but others I made the con these are like best friends that I knew could not be in my life anymore. And that's, that's challenging. I never like to say hard because I don't want to put that like languaging. I don't want, I hate saying things are hard. It doesn't have to be hard, but it brings up a lot because there's a lot of programming. There's a lot of how we've been programmed from family, from society saying like, oh, you need to be this type of person and you need to be giving and you need to whatever. But if you are harming yourself in the process, if you're not taking care of your own mental, physical, emotional, all of that health, that this person is draining your energy in any way. No one can do that to you. But if you feel, if you are not feeling expanded and if the energy is not an equal match anymore, it's very challenging to convince yourself otherwise. And by continuing to say in that, you don't allow other things to come in. So the reason that this is so fascinating that you are bringing it up now because because the past four days of my life, like so many of my close friends know this right now, have been wild. And it's a little thing with Whole Foods. So I live next door to Whole Foods. I literally go like twice a day. It's really, really bad. It's, it's bad. All my money goes. <laughs> I go like, I go for dinner. I'll get something. They'll be like, oh, I want a snack. So the past three nights, three of the major relationships that I've snipped, um, and that have resurfaced within the past four days have all come up. And every single time I've gone to the Whole Foods at like 8.30 at night, I have seen all three of them. And I haven't seen these people in months, some since March. And it is like the biggest. And, and then there are some other things, other relationships that are coming back up that are giving me these tests. Um, like, are you going to hold your boundary strong? Even if this potentially hurts this person, are you going to be true to yourself and set the boundaries that you need? Are you going to be clear about that? Because it's not, it's really like, I think it's one of human relationships um, and like understanding healthy communication and boundaries is I think one of the greatest lessons in life and one of the biggest journeys and the more and more you honor what you need, the more and more reciprocal relationships come in that do that. So what I've noticed 
this is a long tangent on this, is every single time to a T, when I put that boundary in place, when I cut a cord, no matter how hard and shit, like sometimes it, it takes a while to get over. It's, it's like, it's literally, there's a grieving process for a lot of relationships because it's not like everything's bad. It's just like, you can't have that at that time. It doesn't mean it can never come back. It's just at this time, this relationship doesn't serve me. But every time I finally made the decision, and there have been many tears for many of them, of me being like, oh, I do have to do this. Someone else, new relationships, new opportunities have come in like that, like the next day after I make the choice. So showing me like the healthy version of that relationship too. So. Codependency is not good. <laughs> Friendship can be codependent. It's not good. We'll take that away is the lesson. Yeah. Yeah. It's the lesson. Oh. The lesson is you know, you know. And just trust yourself and know that even if you're told that this is the right thing to do and you feel in your gut, you're a generator, you said, right? Like mm-hmm. feel in your gut. It's not right. You might be getting more gut issues because of it. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate you. I know I didn't, didn't necessarily bring you on to discuss that, but when you mentioned it, I was like, I've just got to bring that up because someone else has to be feeling it too. So hundred <laughs> percent always. Well, and you did say you did bring in my human design into this and how that plays into it. So I would like to go on to, you know, if someone's never heard of human design, like how do you explain it to people if you're introducing, you know, what it is you do to someone, do you want to just kind of give us your elevator pitch, like your mission and what, what human design is and what it means to you? Mm-hmm. So human, I have always loved studying systems. I've dived really deep into astrology, into the chakra system, into tarot, all these systems, anything that can help me better understand myself. And when I found human design, it was like no system so got me and nailed me to a T and not only that but gave me a roadmap into how to best live my life into how to make decisions right for me into how to interact with the world and I couldn't get enough of it so it probably took me around two years to actually like step in as a guide as a reader as all of that um but I knew that I knew it And I knew that given me permission to be myself and given permission to other people to be themselves as well. So what it is though, right? I'm talking about this system. It's this esoteric system that combines all of these different ancient wisdom traditions like Eastern and Western astrology, the Kabbalah, um, chakra system, quantum physics, biomechanics, I'm missing some, but all these systems into this one modern system that basically gives you a blueprint of your soul. When you came into this world, when you took your first sip of breath, plus your karmic kind of DNA and stuff, and gives you a roadmap into how to live out whatever it is that purpose. It's not voodoo. It doesn't tell you like you came in to be a doctor. No, it kind of is more like potentials. And it shows you areas where you could have been conditioned away from that. And so for me, a lot of how I view the chart and a lot of how I do sessions and readings, I mean, there are so many different ways, but 
is finding what's not you, what's all the conditioning, what's all the stuff that society told you um, was how you should be. And then how, what is like the truest version of you? How do you come back home to you? How do you make decisions for you? Not based on the mind, because the mind is, the mind never makes decisions (laughs) for design. Um, But we're taught that that's how, that's how the mind, that's how everything works. She had a session last night that was all about a generator and has an open mind center. And the whole time, the one thing that I was guided to in that session was like coming back to the gut, coming back to her authority, coming back to like what's so truly hers and what's, what's all the noise. So the system is so deep. I mean, I could talk about it. Like it literally goes into every area of life in some way. You can talk about health. You can talk about how you best digest. You can talk about how you manifest. You can talk about um, kind of life purpose. You can talk about how you, what types of relationships you might be drawn towards. The, it, it's, the limit does not exist. Like it's endless, but really what I've seen and how I use it is a tool to bring people back home to themselves to like allow you a space to breathe and be like, it's okay to be me. It's okay to know that like who I am and how, what I know feels right and how I live my life is correct for me and then give you permission to really step into that. I love that. And you mentioned the programming, like how you like to look at it as what programming has been put on us. Would you be able to give some examples of what you found for yourself just so people can get an idea of what some of this programming and influence has been on us? Like what, what did you experience? So within my own chart? Yeah. So Oh, so much, but in human design, there are five energy types and that's where you always start. So manifestor, generator, manifesting generator, projector, reflector. I'm a manifesting generator and manifesting generators are the ones that are like multi-talented, multi-passionate, kind of a little all over the place, always dabbling in everything. And they're not here to live a linear path. And so where I see my conditioning, my not self within just that, has always been surrounded by like feeling like I need to commit to one thing and, you know, stay the course when that's just not how I work. I need multiple things. And I've always kind of done things in like two year increments or even less and not allowing myself to let something go when it's done has been probably like the greatest way I've been conditioned throughout my life away from that. So when I learned about human design and understood that like, I'm not supposed to be linear. I'm not supposed to just have one thing. I'm supposed to dabble in all the things that light me up that opened my eyes, not only to like the potential, but it allowed me to take up deeper residence and saying, Oh, my path isn't going to look like that. And like, I'm going to get to the right place as long as I allow myself to be lit up by all these different things. So a, a really good personal anecdote that happened pretty recently. So um, I talked and spoke a little bit about how yoga yoga was like such a huge catalyst and everything. And I was obsessed. Like this was what, three years ago? I did two, three teacher trainings. I became a yoga teacher. Like I, it's all I wanted to do. I loved it. I loved teaching. I spent, I invested a lot of money in myself in becoming a yoga teacher. I loved my students. And then one day, suddenly, I've been teaching probably for 
a year and a half, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I knew that, but I kept avoiding it. I kept being like, ugh, but I should. I mean, I've been, I love this and I love my students and I've been investing so much time, so much energy, but I don't want to. And I resisted and I resisted and I resisted. And suddenly one day, it's probably four months later, I, I kept doing it. I was like, okay, I'm going to let it go. I can always come back to it. The second I let it go, I'm not kidding. Human design started like expanding like crazy. All these other new opportunities came in. It was just like, it was crazy. It was crazy how it worked. And it was crazy the sense of freedom I felt. Um, other, other examples of conditioning. I mean, there's so many, but um, being okay with changing my mind. So I spoke a little bit about like my decision-making process is not how we are taught to make decisions. My decision-making process is I need to ride out my emotional wave in order to find clarity because every decision I'm going to have highs and lows and highs and lows. It's what happens if you have emotional authority, which I don't, do you have sacral or emotional? You I know? feel like she said emotional, but I can't remember. I know I need to, I need to get that done again. <laughs> yeah. We'll look at it. We can do it. We can do it after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, if you have emotional authority, there are a couple different types. There are four different emotional waves. One of them is like kind of steady increase. So you just have a consistent increase emotional wave. One is pretty flat and you have like little divots up and down. One is like wavy like this, big waves. And one has a steep incline and then plummets. I have two of the waves and they're the two last ones, the big waves and the big up and plummet. And so they're consistent 24 seven. I know that I'm going to experience these waves throughout my life and it's very, very real and it's very true and understanding it and witnessing it in real time. Like, Oh, there's the emotional wave working. But what it's taught me is that like when I get an email, when I get, um, any opportunity, when I have to do something, when I have a big decision, I don't need to respond right then. Because if I do respond right then, it's probably not correct for me based on if I'm a really high emotional wave or really low one. For example, you emailed me the other day. I knew I wanted to do the podcast, 100%. I think it took me a day to respond though, because I knew I would respond in the perfect time. Because I knew I needed clarity, like when, I'm, when is it going to be right to actually do the podcast? I gave one day, didn't work. The next day worked. Perfect. This is the perfect time. It's like the opportunity or if you get invited to a party or if you have um, a brand who wants to send you something. It's like nothing that's meant for you will ever leave you. And that's been a huge deconditioning lesson in that because the less I like feel like I need to, you know, do everything, the more I have created space to allow just what really serves me and and then I'll give one more, actually, I'll give a couple more examples <laughs> um, because I think these help show all the different areas within charts that, not all the different, I mean, it's endless, but um, my chart says I'm not a routine person. I actually don't do well with forcing myself to have a routine. So I was really strict about having a morning routine at times, right? and it was just, it felt like work. I was like, ugh. You know, like it feels kind of good to do it. But I was like, eh, I don't like it. Structure I can have, which is good. But having a specific and set routine, it's like 
get that away. So understanding I work better with just like actually tuning in and seeing what I need every day has changed everything. Um, I've learned I'm a non-specific manifester. So being really specific, doing vision boards and all that, it's like, I don't know exactly what I want. I'm supposed to tune into the feeling. How do I want to feel when this thing comes in? What do I want to feel with this opportunity? Like what's, what is that emotion I want to invoke? That's how I'm a manifest versus some people do really well about writing down a list of their exact features, like finding a picture of the partner they're drawing in and they actually get that. Um, and then one of the biggest things has been looking at where I'm open in my chart. And this is where I guide a lot of my sessions because that's really like where, where you're really empathic. Cause it, you know, no type is more empathic than the other. I think there's a lot of rhetoric that's like, oh, if you're a reflector, if you're a non-energy, like projector, or if you're this, like you're more, no, it, it doesn't have to, everyone's an empath. It's just where and how it shows up and, and kind of like how the energy filters through your body. So what I do is I look at where in my body am I open? Those are my greatest gifts, but those are also the areas that I am more susceptible to the conditioning of the world. So for me, I have an open head center. I have an open identity center. I have an open spleen center. And my identity and my spleen have really been, my head as well, um, they have been my lessons this life and they're going to be my greatest strengths and where I have wisdom. So head is all about inspiration. It says I can be inspired by basically whatever I'm around. It's very important that I'm around inspiring people, inspiring environments, um, things that light me up in order to continue that because I don't generate my own inspiration from that. It's like, I need to have it in my field. My open identity says, this has been a big one. Um, we are taught that, you know, figure out who you are, who do you want to be? What's, what's your purpose? All of that. So my identity actually shows I am not here to figure out who I am. Literally. I am here to be able to taste on all the identities I want in this lifetime. So we say with the open identities, this is the person that you have the richest person in the world and the homeless person next door at a dinner party together. And you can relate and see and understand everyone's experience. You can really become the other and chameleon to the other, but you don't need to figure out who you are in this life. So that was like, Oh, I, I allow myself to shift and to change and to transform because I know that I'm never stagnant. And then my biggest lesson, open spleen. And whenever there are health issues, which I've had a lot of health issues and like they've been my biggest lessons, um, the spleen has an understanding my spleen has transformed my life because your open, your spleen, the spleen is like, it's your intuition. It's your most primal survival system. It's um, the lymph. It's what's supposed to protect us from the lions when they're chasing after us. It's where our fears are housed. And when you have an undefined or open spleen, you are very sensitive to the physical well-being of the other person. So for me, what I've realized is even if it's just consuming stuff on social media of other people's health issues, of other people's experience, that starts to manifest in my body and can quite literally become real. And I swear, everyone I've seen, especially when you have a completely open spleen, um, who has this and doesn't know and doesn't have boundaries around 
their own health and what they consume and and kind of what they take in it's like your system is so sensitive that you can be like a medical medium you can understand and see what's happening in someone else's bodies that's not for you to take on so um this has been such a lesson in like especially I think in the health and wellness social media space and seeing everyone's talking, everyone has the best intentions to talking about what they're going through with their physical health journeys and what they're going through for this. But if you notice that when you're consuming that, that you feel like it makes you hyper vigilant and hyper aware of your own body and it makes you think, Oh wait, maybe I have this that can manifest in your body. It has happened to me. So I am so careful about boundaries and about um, understanding that like what, what helps someone else, what's another person's experience does not have to be my own. And also mine is incredibly unique um, and also have just been, have been gr- given great lessons in like that have really proved the point that like you, everyone is so individual and everyone um, by by looking outside yourself, you're never going to find the answers. So all that to say is I could go on and on and on, but the deconditioning and the noticing where I'm susceptible to the world or where I potentially need to be aware of where I'm empathic, where I take on potentially other stuff um, has been the greatest gift because it's helped me put the correct boundaries and also understand how to navigate that in a healthy way I think so. yeah that blows me away because as you said a lot of people myself included can relate to like everything you just said whether you're in your shoes or maybe on the reverse side of the spectrum like it's crazy and like you said you could literally talk about this for hours and hours because there is so much and everyone is so unique but I am curious for anyone who's not familiar with, with the types, could you give, so we just went over your, the manifesting generator. Could you give kind of like a brief synopsis of what the other ones are just so people can, you know, maybe they, maybe they know their type and they haven't been able to get their chart read, but they can kind of get an idea of, you know, what their type is generally like, and then they can go deeper later. (laughs) Absolutely. So there are five types. Um, the five, the types don't tell you about your personality or stuff like that. They more tell you about how you're supposed to use your energy and exchange it with the world around you. So three are energy beings and being an energy being doesn't mean that you have more energy than the others. I mean, it kind of does, but it just means you have consistent access to energy to either generating or manifesting energy. And then there are two non-energy beings. So energy beings are um, manifestors, generators, and manifesting generators. Non-energy beings are projectors and reflectors. I know you're a generator. So I always start with manifestors because our entire world is conditioned by the manifestors. The manifestors are the ones that are here to just do it. They're here, the only type that's here to initiate and align with their vision and then inform the world around them of what they're supposed to do. And they're the ones who always started the wars or the ones who um, were great Kings and Queens. And um, they're here to freely and independently kind of make waves in society and not necessarily ask for permission, 
not necessarily um, ask for what anyone else wants them to do, but just do it and let others know what they're supposed to do. So super, super powerful change makers. Vision. Do, you have, do you have like an example, like oh. someone in general media that you could give with each one? Oh God. First, a lot of them I can't, who is a manifester? This is going to kill me that I don't. Ra Ruhu, the guy who started the, I mean, he's not in general media, but the guy <laughs> who started human design, I have, I'm, it's going to, manifesto is going to come back to me. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, that's going to come back to me, but manifesting, no, generator, we're going to go to next. Okay. Here you are. Yeah. The generators are like magnetic, sparkly, like light force beings. You're literally here to do what you love and do what lights you up. That's your, that's your purpose in life because when you are doing what you love and doing what lights you up, like right now, you literally generate more energy for everyone around you. It's like opportunities, people, things, just they can't get enough of your aura. Um, and generators are here to be master builders and creators and really find and follow what lights them up and then um, kind of continue on and move through it and allow everyone else to be excited and create in that process. So if there's anything for generators, it's like allow yourself to be a light that you are because you came in here with this incredible capacity to do and especially to do what you love when you find yourself doing in the not self, as we call it, and like not, not doing what you love that's when challenges start to rise that's when burnout starts to arise um but you're the driving force of the world so lean in to what you love and watch yourself gain mastery and watch as the surrounding world kind of like comes and comes to you as you create more energy for everyone and and create more momentum and a generator oprah oprah is a great example of a generator in the media um for a manifesting generator this is a little bit of a hybrid but i am and are here to be a trailblazer to break boundaries they have kind of the drive of a manifester and the capacity to do like a generator but they're inherently efficient so i talked a little bit about bouncing from here to there and here to break rules here to not follow a path like anyone else um and they're kind of like the, this new age type that is here to taste everything that lights them up in life but allow themselves to let it go when it doesn't and um so you see you see manifesting generators doing all sorts of things they're the ones that have multiple passion projects going on at once and and it looks really strange to be doing all these different things, but if it's what lights them up, it works. So an example, Trump, um, Donald Trump is a manifesting generator, which I mean, he's a president. He also is the create, you know, was a mass had a TV show. He also did what, what is the word I'm trying to find? He's when done he, like everything. <laughs> Real estate. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Real estate, like, you know, all, it doesn't make any sense. You're like, there's no way a reality TV show is going to become present. Yeah. Well, that's a story for another day. But then we have our projectors. 
And projectors are here to be the guides of the tribe. They kind of like see what's happening with all the energy beings and, un and see things in such a unique way um, and a way that's here to be able to guide and funnel and like see systems and understand how to manage and navigate the energy for everyone else. And they're here um, to be recognized and invited to share their wise guidance. And from there are just like, they, they truly, we need projectors so much because they help us see ourselves and they help us see what we're here to do. And they're, they help us see how to create and navigate systems. So it's just, it's so important for projectors to own and recognize what they see so clearly and how amazing that they are. And then there'll be no Darth of invitations happening for them. And um, a, ex an example of a projector is Obama, President Obama, the projector. And our final, our one, one to 2% of the population are reflectors. And reflectors are like mirrors for the world. They're these sparkly, like, they all they're they almost can become any other type um they're highly 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 uh, susceptible i don't want to say susceptible but the the cycles of the moon have huge impact on them and they're completely if you look at a reflector's chart every single center so all the triangles and squares are completely white they're completely open and so reflectors show us who we are, show us how we're doing. They're the ultimate chameleons. They show us um, how the health of society, how society is doing. And they're really just here to be this wise mirror, this wise um, reflection of everyone. And reflector uh, example, Sandra Bullock, I think is an example of a reflector. That makes sense. I can, <laughs> I can see or that. In, in, social media terms Jordan Younger mm -hmm. um, the balanced blonde I'm trying to think of like big social media people in the wellness spaces that are the different types so she's a reflector who's a projector um my god there's a million projectors I mean Lacey Phillips but Lacey Phillips, Lacey yeah. Phillips is a projector. <laughs> um there's a million Sophie Jaffe is a generator oh. um uh Jeanette is shut the kill up is a manifesting generator and um plantiful soul is oh, okay yeah. yeah i know her and okay. uh, who was the southern yogi morgan morgan um mm. a manifester morgan what's her name morgan tyler it's morgan tyler she's a manifester okay oh. wow yeah that i mean I know for I, me personally, when you, whenever I hear explanations of the types, it's like you're automatically trying to figure out who in your life is which, Yeah, <laughs> is which, because it's, it's fascinating to like know your own. And then to also, if you're fortunate enough to know those around you, you know, friends, family, coworkers, I don't know. It helps so much because understanding even if you just understand the types knowing that i'm a manifesting generator and you know interacting with a generator or or how i'd be interacting with a projector like that helps 
me understand energy dynamics. And there's so much more to just that, but I think it allows us to be like, oh, okay, this, this person probably needs this. They need this type of space. They need this type of time to process. They need blah, 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 blah. Um, and I swear it's been, it's been hugely impactful in all my relationships. And you also said that human design can help, whether it's like in health, career, relationships, like, do you think there's a certain compatibility between different oh. types? So it's very interesting. Well, within different types, I, I have had a lot of people come to me previously that have like someone was giving me, wrote me this long, long message that they had a reading where um, they, the human design reader basically said that they weren't compatible with their husband and all this stuff. And I was like, that just broke my heart because every type is compatible with every other type. Everyone is compatible with everyone. It's just understanding how the dynamics and the relationships need, need to be. It's not like, <laughs> I hate when it's like, oh yeah, you, you're an Aries, but you can't be with a Capricorn. That does not, we are here to all be this unit. And human design is just this large system that shows how everyone interacts with the other, but to understand what your conditioning might be, to understand where um, you might, your open, your defined spleen might define my spleen if, if we're together, or your uh, my defined heart might define yours and understanding like how that will affect you throughout the day. That's huge. But it's interesting you brought those three things up because recently my sessions have been shifting a lot and I'm, I'm very excited about being um, a little bit, I love doing general sessions, but really honing in on some specific aspects. So I've done sessions that are just on health just on physical and where that could happen in the chart and kind of, you know, speaking to that dimension of it. Um, I had a reading after an initial reading with um, doing a, a relationship, just a relationship reading on her and her husband's chart and seeing some specific areas that they define and connect each other, some areas that um, there might be challenges and, and how to navigate those challenges. Um, done that with friends you know, a career, like what types of environments you do best working with, how you're motivated, how, um, what types of people you need to be around, how much time you need to decompress after certain things, whether it's best to sleep by yourself or alone or it, it, the list is endless, but allowing yourself to be like, yeah, of course you feel this type of anxiety or stress or that pressure isn't actually yours. Who are you surrounding yourself with? You're amplifying their pressures. There's so much. So um, I don't necessarily think that types are more or less compatible with other types. I actually disagree with anyone who does say that. I think anyone can be compatible. It's just understand. It's like how we talked about before. It's perfect conversations. Understanding how to navigate relationships and that everyone needs something a little bit different. And so how what you need and this person needs can best coalesce together. Yeah. And I am glad you said that because I, I truly think with any of these systems, uh, you know, whether it's astrology, human design, manifestation, all of it, like no one should ever be 
telling you like what you're doing or what's right and wrong. They should be educating you on like how it applies to your life. Like it's your life. And yeah, I mean, I've seen that with astrology, everything. There's been people that are wonderful like you and you don't put it black and white thinking. You, you just educate. Then there's been, you know, just people that I've heard say the same thing. Like, oh, you're an Aries. You can't be with this. And oh, you're a generator. You can't be with this. I'm like, no, (laughs) that's not. And I have a perfect example of this too. So my astrologer um, friend, she has twins and her twins were born a minute apart. They have identical charts. She always talks about her Pisces son and her Scorpio daughter because her daughter uses Scorpio components in her chart. Her son uses all the Pisces. She always talks about the Pisces son. And I'm like, it's so funny because your daughter has the exact same chart, but you never talk. It's like, it's all potentials. It's Mm -hmm. all how you use it. It's all to understand yourself. But no one, if my message, and I know I spoke about this in the beginning, no one can tell you what you don't already know in some extent. And no one can, uh, is here to like, put you in a cage. A system like human design, like astrology should never feel restrictive. If it does, then that's like not the point. (laughs) And so like if, if my message is anything, it's like, you don't have to do anything like that. I actually don't want you to do anything like me because if you're just doing it because of me, then you're not following your own tuition or what's right for you. And you're not listening to yourself. If you if it does resonate and if you're excited by it, if you want to dive in for you, then I love that I'm here. I'll give you all the resources in the world, but there's no right or wrong and nothing can put you in a box and nothing can tell you who you are more than yourself. Um, and so if you ever feel like that, if you ever feel like icky or that, you know, bad, sad, like I just, Oh, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart when people are like this psychic told me all of this and, now I'm thinking about, I'm like, does that resonate with you? Like people are scared of tarot cards. I'm like, tarot cards are just, they're energy, they're tools. They, they're very real. Oh my God, they're so real. <laughs> they have very much truth, but it's like you have free will and you are co-creating your reality in every moment. So if you hold on to whatever that one thing is that they said and um, take that as truth, then my voice is like going away as I speak <laughs> Um, so yeah that's that's my you can tell I I don't (laughs) I don't care at all about that topic clearly no and it's important you know if someone's interested in all of this that they realize it's not going to be that way like if you find a good reader guide like yourself you will not be having these thoughts like infringed on you but I am curious so like say someone's listening and they're sold, like they really enjoy this. They resonate with it, but they want to maybe like talk about it with their friends, family. Like, what would you say to someone who's skeptical or someone who wants to, I don't know, try to like, try to show someone yeah. like the, the power behind human design, like what it can mean. Like, what would you say to them? So this has been such a journey for me. And here's the thing, you can't, you can only meet someone with where they're, with where they're ready. And so 
um, my family, I like to call my family total muggles. I mean, they are not into any of this. Like I am, but I've, I talk about it so freely and openly now because it's important to me and I don't get offended if they don't want to hear. So example about this, my mom is like totally not into it. Like she, I'm not allowed to talk about mercury retrograde around her because she, she'll get a little bit, she doesn't want anything in her head because she feels like it'll make her overthink. And I'm kind of like, it's just a tool, whatever, but, um, she's not into it. So I need to know that. And I need to respect her boundaries because whether or not she wants to hear it, that's not my choice. Like I can't force my views or force what's exciting to me on someone else. But what I can do is I can own what I'm excited about. I can be like this. I love this so much. Like I'm going to talk about it more because it's exciting to me and whether or not you resonate, that's great. But the thing is what I found is like when I'm not scared about talking, like really owning all these things that are exciting to me and talking about them, whether or not I think people are going to think I'm weird or like out there or woo woo or what any, you know, place X, Y, Z label, the more and more I find that people actually are interested. People want to know more. People are intrigued. Some aren't. Some are probably like, that's weird, but, but I'm constantly shocked and surprised by the people that want to know more when I'm thinking like, oh, everyone's going to judge, like everyone's going to think this is weird and I've gone off my rocker. No, it's not like that. So my, my piece of advice would be just own what you like. Do it because you genuinely are interested and you love it and the right people will always fall into place. And the people that make you feel bad about what you love, make you feel bad about any trajectory on your path. If you're not doing what they think is the right thing, right? If you're not in the job that they want, if you're not um, doing any of those things that we should do, if it's right for you, that's all that matters. I love that. Yeah. And it, I mean, it goes back to what we were saying in the beginning about cutting cords and just finding your tribe of people. I mean, yeah, I have people that they don't, like, they don't, want anything to do with it but they respect it and I can talk about all of this openly in front of them and then I have some people who it's it's like if I try to talk about it they have to like change the subject because they're so uncomfortable and it's just yeah I guess understanding you know those people and where they're coming from and then also understanding like do you want to be around them like you know so and knowing that certain relationships serve different purposes right so Mm -hmm. your friends that are for all of these things. And you're going to have your friends that you go to a workout class with every once in a while, or you're going to have your friends that you, um, you know, have a phone conversation once a year with or whatever, right. You'll have different levels and not everyone needs to be there on all levels, but it's, it's really taking note of what makes you feel bad of what, what is not meeting you on any of those levels of your needs is where I think you really take inventory and and notice, okay, how, how is this serving me? Yeah, no, it, you summed it (laughs) perfectly. (laughs) Where can people find you if they want to learn more about, I mean, everything you do? I know you have your personal Instagram and then you have your human design Instagram. So my more like wellnessy Instagram is namaske. So N-A-M-A-S-K-A why 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 <laughs> and then my my newest little venture is human design lady so it's where i exclusively talk about human design stuff on there 
So those are kind of my two places and my bio, if you want to book a session or anything like that, all the resources are in my bio. This podcast will be in that bio on both accounts. So um, yeah, those are, those are the best places to find me right now. Maybe more to come on all of that, but as of right now, Instagram is Instagram and email, which you can find on Instagram are the best places. Perfect. And I'm thinking we'll have to discuss this after we're done recording, but I'm thinking it'd be fun to have you back on and I'll get a set up, you know, I'll pay you for a session and we'll turn it into a podcast episode maybe Let's do it. so that people yeah, can get an idea of what a reading looks like. They can get an idea of what epiphanies they might get from one, but I think that'd be a fun one to do. I think we should absolutely do it. Yeah, we'll schedule it. I just could keep going on and on and on about human design, which is why after this episode, Katie and I decided that she will be coming back for a deep dive into human design and what it looks like when you get your chart read. So as you heard her explain in this episode, there's a lot more to it than just your design. If you're a generator, manifesting generator, manifester, projector, reflector, there's so much more, but unless you're very skilled in understanding this system, you need someone like Katie and people who are very educated in it to read and understand your chart. And you don't obviously have to do this, but it's something that if you are interested in it, like go for it. It, may, it would make for a great Christmas present for someone. Birthday gift, just like a friend gift, I don't know, you could see. And so that's what she's coming back on for. She'll be doing a deep dive into my chart. You guys will get to know all my nitty gritty details of my life. How fun is that? And, you know, I'm not really scared because I love sharing with people. And like I say all the time, I probably share too much, but that's okay. You only live once. Am I right? So stay tuned. Katie will be back on the show. In the meantime, you can find her on Instagram at namaske. So that is N-A-M-A-S-K-A-Y-Y-Y. And her human design page is at human design lady. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Thrive on Life. Or if you listen to the intro, I might be switching to Emily Feichels. I don't know. Please let me know your thoughts. I need people to like help me through this so that I can find fundamentally what I want. I, I'm that type of person. So I appreciate you. Don't forget, tag us on your stories. Go to Apple Podcasts, leave a rate and review. I love you, and I will love you like 10 times more if you leave a rate and review. No, I'm joking, but not really. I'll see you next week. Bye.